Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com, and I'm here today with Nancy Friedman, also co-founder of KidsViews.com. Well, how did that That's happen? <laughs> and, uh, and, and the writer from, from Hit to Housewife.com. And you're never going to believe it, Andrea Smith in the studio. In the United in the States. States. <laughs> in the United States. In the country, in the studio, in person. The only one not wearing my favorite color of purple. So I'm feeling very inadequate today, but it's good to be here with you. You well, have your purple glasses. Purple I have my purple glasses. <laughs> yes, my purple girls. People don't know that Andrea is a purple person. We're, we might have to purple. do a whole podcast episode about purple people. Purple <laughs> and obsessive colors. Yes, but, uh, and it's only purple. Back from traveling and uh, excited to be here. Yay, we're yeah. excited you're here in studio. So Amy is actually um, in Washington, D.C. this week with um, Kitty. Kitty, is that how you pronounce it? K-I-D-D-E. So. Um, doing her, her safety ambassadorship. She doesn't get an embassy with that, but she yeah. gets a trip to D.C. She has cool. a diplomatic community. And right. she did her princess half marathon. She did. She was here um, last week. In, Looking very royal. And did she ever put her pink tutu on? <laughs> she did not. Oh. But she's also doing the other one on the other coast so that there's some name for it where you're like a That's dual so cool. coast princess half marathoner. Oh. I don't know. I guess you get, a, you get a double tiara. <laughs> she's a bi-principal. Awesome. Good for her. So today on the show, we have three topics. Um, we're going to talk about women and actually not women, moms, totally moms in the workplace. I mean, and it affects dads, too. But we had a couple interesting things. One was Vodafone announcing a really new and bold maternity so leave for the U.S. Um, and the other is this article uh, <laughs> by Catherine Zaleski that was in Fortune this week about uh, how she didn't understand what it was for moms in the workplace until she was one herself, which... I don't know. Duh. Um, <laughs> so we will talk about it. Yeah. God, I have so many feelings. About I it. know. Yes. And then topic two, we are going to talk about this new trend in gift registries for children in registering for exactly what your child wants, I guess at Toys R Us or Amazon or Walmart, um, for their four-year-old birthday party. And then we're going to talk about our digital dilemma of the week, which is should you step in when your child is being bullied? Should you then step in and confront the bully on social media? Um, it's a new extension of the playground. And then we'll have our bites of the week. Oh, my gosh. So much to say about all of that. I know. Yeah. So let's jump okay. in because we have a lot to talk about. So... All right, maternity leave. Let's start with Vodafone. This article hit this week um, that Vodafone announced they will start offering 16 weeks fully paid maternity leave by the end of this year and then pay full pay for 30-hour weeks for the first six months after a mom returns to work, which is... Now, is it only moms? What if a dad wants to take leave? It is maternity leave. Maternity. It is not Just paternity. Like, yeah. um, and this is actually kind of making their U.S. offices align with the most generous benefits in their other countries, other countries. that they are in. Now, that's they have 100,000 people. But it's not for 40 hours. I, it's 30, 30 hours. hours. Yes. 30 so. hours full pay for the first six months after return. So it's almost, it's not quite flex time. It's not yeah. like a 20 where you share. Right. But, but if you could full do time like, for working two thirds the hours. Yeah, it's amazing. And they quarters. said that they did it for practical reasons that um, 
a huge portion of their female employees were quitting after they had a baby. They wouldn't, yeah. they couldn't make it, and they couldn't come back. Yeah. So guess what? Here's the news. It's really hard to go back to work when you have a baby. A, to leave your baby behind, B, to find adequate, reliable childcare, and C, to find a company who will be supportive of you if you need to leave and go to a doctor appointment or go do something or your kid is sick um, and want to give you that flexibility. So, yay, I applaud Vodafone wholeheartedly. I think it's amazing. So that's it's a really interesting statistic in this where they said the company loses $47 billion after new mom leave the company due to poor maternity support. Even with paid leave for 1,000 employees, they anticipate a potential net annual savings of $19 billion because wow. these women will stay with the company. Well, think about the training. I mean, you know, think about what goes into training someone, everything that you invest in them, and to have someone just up and leave and have to start all over again. I mean, it just behooves you to do everything you can and to if you're keep paying that commission person. to an HR firm yeah. if you are using recruitment firms for your higher level employees you're paying 20% on a salary every time you have a new hire i just wonder how many women and this is the cynical side of me coming out but i'm wondering how many women are going to take their 6 months and then leave anyway see i think most that's been, women I think don't a question leave. yeah i think that's been a question all along you know i think that if you're going to do that you're going to do that you're right. right and there are people who do that but i think that for the most part People want their leave and they want to know they have a job to come back to, but a job that's going to work for them. You don't want to have to choose between your baby and your job. So, um, you know, when I had a, a baby, and I will tell you all, my son turns 25 this week. Wow. Yay! So this was like in the dark ages when dinosaurs were around. Um, and I worked in news. So it was kind of hard to arrange these schedules, but there was nothing like this. I was the first person in my department who did a job share after my son was born. I literally had to leave my job, resign the position, resign the benefits, and share with a coworker whose son was born two or three weeks after mine. And uh, it was revolutionary at the time. But to be able to have childcare that I could count on, that I didn't have to commit to someone full-time, that I was home, and growing up my son knew I was home on Monday and Friday. That was it. I work three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four-day weekends. If companies can open their eyes and see this and see how it makes you a better parent, makes you a better employee, gives you flexibility, lets you get reliable child care that isn't a fortune, I mean, I think that's what keeps women in the workplace. I think that's what let me stay on with my career, honestly. Well, why not? It's why it's how a vesting schedule keeps people mm-hmm. in the workplace. If you know you're just going to take four years for your stock to vest, you kind of, you're less likely to leave. You're kind of like, oh, I'd be leaving that on the table. If you know you're at a company that's going to give you this flex time and that you're going to be able to keep your career up, you're more likely to stay. And I actually think you'll feel loyal to them after. I don't think you'll leave so quickly. Absolutely. I think what's sad about this is how is what you said at the very top of the segment, Andrea, is how progressive it is. Like, how sad is that? That 25 years after you had your child, doing something that is A, great for women, great for families, and great for the company's bottom line is revolutionary and progressive. <laughs> That's very true. It's so yeah. sad. Yeah. But it makes sense so, because everything's so backwards, right? The businesses never, if it's like same thing with minimum wage, same thing with paid sick leave, they always frame it as this short-term economic loss instead of seeing the long-term economic gain. Because it's, it's just hard to see that. Universal pre-K, all of it. Right. Like you have to spend money to make money. That's right. So if you're investing in your um, employees, that's a big investment. So you want to keep that investment going. 
Um, you know, it just the other thing is that one of the reasons they're doing this is to be um, kind of have a more even um, format with other countries. So, of course, European countries have far more lenient maternity time. A woman I used to work with at my uh, at Mashable uh, is based in London, and I think she got a year. A year paid right, because they have to follow the government. Yeah, rules. that's what it is in London, and you've got to follow it. I don't know that it's full pay, but still, a year. I mean, that's really important time with your baby. I mean, I remember when they the law was just that they had to give you leave and they couldn't take your job away. They didn't yeah. have to pay you. Well, that they was Clinton. That. that was like revolutionary. That all of a sudden you well, had baby steps, right? Whatever, right? Well, and we like you know we talked about when Lance was here. The dads have to start asking for it, too. I saw him on TV last night. Oh, really? (laughs) But that's what will start changing things, is when the dads in the workplace also say, I want paternity leave, I want my wife to have maternity leave, Mm -hmm. I want the other women to, like, people have to all start recognizing it together. I think that people, uh, I've seen in, in, uh, you know, new new media um, startups, People take that paternity leave. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is it. my leave. Yeah, I'm doing it. And I don't think it's looked at like as an old traditional firm of if you take the leave, you're that guy. Right. I think it's really um, looked at as this is your leave. You earned it and you're a dad and people are all for it. Yeah. And I think also flipping it so that it's not always maternity, paternity, but it's also caring for an older parent. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that where there's a lot of people squished in the middle. Those people are having children later and sometimes yeah. they're dealing with both. And you have an aging parent and a new baby or a young yep. kid. I mean, you know, there's just you have to make your employees happy or they're just going to leave yep. or not do a good job. And, and, you know, people, well-trained, experienced people, for the most part these days, are caregivers. They're caregivers yeah. to a child, a teenager, somebody, a, a grown-up, as you say, a, a parent, an aging parent. And you just have to understand that life. And, of course, technology, you know, let's talk about how technology plays into all this. There's no reason you can't walk out of work and say... I'm gone for the rest of the afternoon taking my elderly mother to a doctor appointment, but I have my phone and I can answer any urgent email. Yep. Right. I'm plugged in and connected. Which takes us to Catherine Zaleski's article, because that is her point, right, was that, well, get back to the her beginning of her, yes. her premise. <laughs> so fill us in on this. So let's talk about this article that like burned up the internet last week. Um, so she is the founder, which I actually thought was very interesting. It's the most self-serving article because this is what she does for right. a living. For her, of, uh, She's the co-founder and president of Power to Fly, which is basically a firm that finds telecommuting jobs mm-hmm. and flex jobs for women who want to stay at home and work via Skype and via all these other things she named, Slack and all these things. Um, So it was a bit of a self-serving article because she's like, I discovered this and I happened (laughs) to have a company that will provide you with these women. So her article, I'm going to read the beginning because it's how it started. I I still am embarrassed by this memory. We'll forgive her the I still am instead of I am still. <laughs> splitting Split infinitive. Yeah. Um, five years ago, I walked into an office on the 25th floor of the Manhattan headquarters of Time, Inc. I was there to meet with Time.com's managing editor and pitch a partnership idea. But once I took a seat and surveyed the endless photos of her small children spread across the airy space, I decided this editor was too much of a mother to follow up on the idea. And she goes on from there, basically, listing all the other like times she dissed people because they were moms. I secretly rolled my eyes at a mother who couldn't make it to a last-minute drinks with me and my team. I questioned her commitment. I didn't disagree when another female editor said we should hurry up and fire another woman before she got pregnant. Which I love that that was a female editor who said that. 
Um, and she didn't stand up for a woman in the workplace when he, a man said to her, how in the world are you going to be able to commit to this job and your kids at the same time? So then, of course, and then she goes and she scheduled meetings at 4.30, last minute meetings without thinking about it. She didn't care that, you know, she strolled into work at 10.30 and didn't think anything of it, that that mom had been there since 8.30. But she just she wanted to get out. Right. And then she just saw her slacking off because she had to leave at 5. And then she had a daughter. <laughs> and then she had a daughter. Dun, 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 dun. And she was horrified that she could go back to work like she did before or and never see her baby. Or she could pull back and give up on the career she'd built over 10 years. And she then goes on, you know, Sheryl Sandberg's book you know made her depressed. Sorry, the way is, you're this, presenting. is this an apology? Is this, <laughs> right. Does this be, come across as an apology well, in what any I was way, shape, or form? Yes. The way that Rebecca's presenting it <laughs> is clearly that she does not see this as an apology. <laughs> Um, she wrote the article as an apology, saying that she she starts off by saying she's embarrassed, but then she says endless photos. So she still kind of has that feeling. It's sort of it it, it is. Or maybe she's mixed. just remembering her feelings of when she first saw it. Yes, I mean, look, she did go public and say she'd been a terrible person and admits to all these terrible yeah, things. Yeah. So there's a bit. There is, you know, I I my initial reaction was what Rebecca's <laughs> clearly is, which is give me a break, like. You are horrible and awful, and now that it's all about you and your baby, suddenly you right. come to this revelation. And she started this right. company. This yeah. right. segues very quickly into the the. So now I've story. made it so all women can work and have babies, and, and it's do. a for-profit company. It's yeah, not no, a yeah. So this women. this just takes no, me right to the. Here we are talking about this conversation should be expanded to men, and men need to be standing up for women in the workplace. And for God's sakes, if a woman can't stand up for a woman in the workplace until. She has a baby and can possibly put herself in their shoes. We're had. But I, isn't this sort of what it's like? And this is happening across the board, across tech. I was th- I've been thinking about it ever since I heard about this article, before I even read it, which is, look what's happening. YouTube just launched YouTube Kids. We talked about it last week. Why did they suddenly realize there's a need? Gee, Someone maybe had- it's because they all just started having kids. <laughs> right. Sergey Brin's baby is uh-huh. probably about six or six years old now. So he needs... They're like, oh, I don't want them to see what's on that thing, and we need to create something for that. So it's it's all self-referential. Mm-hmm. That's why um, uh, so many of these, I mean, Vine for kids, really? Like somebody had a child. Yeah, someone had a kid. Even the Jib Jab guys, you know, they create those fun um, mm-hmm. right. photo cards you can make. Well, they're brothers. They both had kids. Now all of a sudden they realized, oh, my God, we need content for our kids. So now they're making storybooks that you can personalize right. because – hey, we need to to make content because what's out there is awful. I mean, but part of that is human nature. Part of it yeah. is you don't really understand the experience until you've had it. And certainly children is a very good example of that. It's hard to really understand what it is until you have one. But this apology feels uh, does feel self-serving and does feel like it's hard it's hard to believe she could have been that awful and now suddenly she's not. Well, actually, <laughs> what I think is interesting about it is that for many years... Most women had kids in the workplace, and sometimes the other moms were harder on yeah. the moms than anyone oh, else. Yeah. There was like that feeling of like, I got here, I, got I didn't here. see my kids. I got the super I nanny. Do that you things. do it too. Yep, you yeah. do it too. So, so uh, we'll go back to uh, to my early days at ABC. So when I, I'll never forget needing to find a place to go use a uh, a breast pump when I went back to work. And there was nowhere to go. I'm not going to go sit in the ladies' room. That was a horrible, disgusting place. I didn't want to sit there. Plus, the, the nature of the job that I did was you really didn't leave for more than two minutes. You had to be back in the studio because you're waiting for breaking news. And so I wound up having to go sit in my male boss's office. 
and try to use this breast pump in the middle of the day. <laughs> so awful. It was like the worst <laughs> thing ever. And I get everything ready and I lock the door, you know, and the whole thing. And then, damn thing was out of batteries and I had to like get dressed again drag this across go find someone in engineering who could give me batteries and everyone's like are you done are you done are you done with them like I haven't even started yet (laughs) and don't touch me and it was always the women who were you know someone would come in and say I need you if I was on the phone and I'd say I'm just trying to leave a message for my son's pediatrician nope I need you now you can do that when you're done working Seriously? I mean, today, people are on their cell phone all the time, taking a personal call, doing things. And I don't know if it's because technology has kind of crept in or we have a phone to do that. But it was the women who were not as understanding of my needs. It is interesting. And maybe that's what so rubs me the wrong way about her article, is if she didn't have this company that was basically purporting to help solve this problem. And two pages of the article are about her company. Three. Three pages of the article are about actually about her company. Um, I would feel actually more better about it. Like if she were like, oh my God, what did I do? What am I doing? And now here I am in my workplace and I'm kind of like worked out flex time like you, Andrea. Like I found another mom and we're making it work and we got to have this bigger discussion. But it's like, and here are the next three pages about my company and what we do and how we can do it. And I... I actually don't think just technology is the answer. Mm -hmm. I think if you don't change real workplace policy, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's great for them to be like, oh, good, you're leaving? Well, good. We'll get you on Skype in an hour while you're home between going to your PTA meeting and your bake sale and your like whatever it is you need to fit in or, or picking up your child at the doctor. Well, where at the doctor? Do they have Wi-Fi? You can get on and do a Google <laughs> Hangout while you're there. Um, You know, it's probably a combination Mm -hmm. of I can do two days at the office and one day. But like, I don't want to lose this this amazing maternity leave from Vodafone because they're like, oh, wait, you know what? Why, instead of that... Why invest in moms? Or why, or now you could be on Skype while you're at home. It's not really time off. But I do think that part of it is, and I was asked to speak at my college um, last spring, and one of the things that all the young women asked was, um, what do you wish people had told you before you start embarked on your career? And what I said was, I wish someone had told me that you really can't have it all that you do have to make sacrifices, that if you choose to work flex time or part-time or leave early to be with your kid, it's it just isn't the same. And that is the reality of life. And that is the reality of everything in life, that you don't get everything. You make choices and you choose things. It's not, you're not going to be the one who's with your kids for every single soccer game and be there at every single school event if you also have a career. Does that mean you can't be a good mother? Does not. Does that mean you can't be It means be you just have to make you adjustments in what you think is having it all. Exactly. Right. Yes. You have to, you know, if you see when you're 10 or 12 years old, having it all means full-time career, famous, wealthy, perfect parent, setting the table every night. You, you, you kind of need to um, manage expectations Correct. is what I call it. And I always say, so I take a different tack from you. I say... Yes, you can have it all. Maybe just not all at the same time. Right. Right. Or what your all is has to yeah. change. Right. Right. You have to change exactly change the expectation for what what does it mean? Yeah. If I you know. If but if I we're can... letting women, you know, today the conversation uh, with Lean In and Cheryl Sandberg and Ariana Huffington talking about how men need to come into this conversation and really be the agent of change for women. My gosh, it feels like we need to work on other women first. I think so too. I think so, too. Yeah. And I think it's also not all women want – some women might just want to take some freaking years off. Like, not everyone wants to keep working yeah. all the time when they have – I didn't. I mean, I will tell you right now, my <laughs> I did not have the brain power. I did not. I had twins, 
and I had no help, and the cost it would have, what it would have cost me to have full time help, was, it was just not worth it after yeah. taxes and after all that stuff. Like the the nominal amount that would have brought in was just not worth it, and. Um, and I had been freelance up until then, so I was like, I'll just get back into freelance when I can actually think again. And, you know, I think people have to make different decisions, and you're lucky if you can have a decision right. a to make. a lot of women don't have that choice right. at all. It's right. just life. Right. So I think that's where this technology comes in, is you can start to afford more women more choices. Um, all right. So let's... We're done with that topic. Yeah, but we would love <laughs> we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your opinion on this. You know, do you have it all? Can you have it all? How do we change the conversation in the workplace? If you have it all, I actually want to know I those people. I want to hear people. about it. We want, we want <laughs> to talk to people. you. Yeah. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, so speaking of having it all, children. Oh, <laughs> oh that was a good segue. Like, that's really In children. In t- children who, who have learned to register for gifts at four years old. Um, so I am have this. So there's this idea. This also went around this week in the internet. All, of course, all the news stations picked it up because they love these stories about like children, uh, spoiled children. So, and I don't know if having a registry necessarily denotes a spoiled child at all. There, but there is this idea that it's not okay for people just to get you something. That even your four year old should have a registry set up so they get exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I ran to the neighborhood toy store, I picked up that Melissa and Doug thing that was in my $20 price range. <laughs> they can always return it if they don't want it. Um, it's now exactly what a child wants. And I don't know. How do we feel about this? How do we feel about training your children to set up a I registry? I'm seriously. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so. First of all, your child well, shouldn't you really always. Feel like <laughs> I, I just have to say it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know. I mean, my son's turning 25, so I am very um, anxious to hear what he would like. What does he need? Is it a new laptop? Is it running? Whatever. He's 25. But when he was five, to me, it's all about the whimsy. To me, it's all about discovery. Maybe he has a friend, you know, he was obsessed with trains. Maybe he has a friend who knew that and got him a train. Maybe he has a friend who played with trucks and wanted to get him what he liked. And maybe that would open his eyes to something else or form a relationship between the two of them or just something that expands your horizon beyond this is what I want. I just feel like it's all about what I want and I want to get what I need right now. Or is it what the parents want people to buy for you so they don't have to get... Like, there's also that weird thing. Like, how much is the kid making this registry? How much is the parent making the registry? In the article, they said something about how it's... You know, who really appreciates this are the older aunts and the uncles, and they don't know what to buy them. I'm like, so pick up the phone. Pick up the phone (laughs) and say, what is he into these days? Maybe for 10 years, every time their grandmother bought them something, my kids would be like, it's amazing. How did she know? Know what I want it like because I probably went to, I bought it and I brought it, <laughs> right. it to grandma's and she right. handed it to you and, right. I, and I appreciate you know getting away from the iTunes gift card or the Amazon gift card I get that that's that's fine. but that is all older kids are going to register for by the way that's yes. still what older yes, kids want because they want to choose their own right and yeah. they don't want to have to yeah. choose that minute on a registry well I ran this by my 14 year old ah. um, who has exams so she was home because she has exams and then she comes home after and she said 
initially she said, well, when you get married, you register. And then she said, but because you're starting a life together, right. you need things to start your life in your home. She goes, these kids probably don't need anything. <laughs> so I thought it, there is something distasteful and entitled there about is. Yeah. saying, I want this and that's why I'm going to get it. Is it so different to sort of institutionalize it on a gift registry than it is to, you know, my great aunt Elaine called and said, what do the kids want? And I told her, it, just to have a conversation with my great aunt Elaine once a year, you know, is it mm-hmm. something? It just feels... It feels icky. It feels icky. There is something yeah. really distasteful about Like, I was thinking about my daughters have, everyone knows who listens to the show at this point, my daughters have their bar mitzvah coming up. Um, I couldn't even, it wouldn't even occur to me for them to register for gifts. I would feel so gross yeah. telling people that. I mean, Nancy, you have a big birthday coming up, like... I do. Maybe you should register. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> but think how weird that would be. If, I like, think it's you weird. You said to I mean, people, I'm having yeah, a birthday. No I still have that. a hard no time. I have that. a hard time with wedding registries. I mean, I know people are starting out, but so many people today live together anyway before they get married. I'm going to a bridal shower next weekend. And I'm sitting here obsessing. Do I have to get something off the registry? Yes. Can yes. I? Ju- <laughs> but see, in that case, it makes Why? your life, that makes your life easier. Because well, then you know they can return it if they don't want but it. I and feel they... funny buying like three glasses. You know, if this is my price range, right? I'd like to buy something that's nice. I'd like to buy something that's meaningful, and I don't want to buy three wine glasses. So that's the whole topic for another show, which is when you register <laughs> for your wedding, <laughs> have things in lots of price ranges so that right. people don't feel right. like they need to buy you three glasses. Right. Or right. like, because like we would go in together and buy them their pots and pans. Like then you have to go right. in together. Otherwise you're buying the but gravy But do you boat. have to do the registry for a bridal shower and then the wedding too? Um, I mean, I would no. think they'd think run out of things. a bridal shower you can give a personal gift. A bridal shower you could buy her, you know. Quick, tell me. No, you could buy her something personal, like beautiful bath salts and body products and stuff like that to pamper herself before her wedding. Right. Like, that's appropriate. You don't have to buy a wine glass. Right. Definitely or even not. I always found, I liked people to sit, well, back then we'd like the digital camera. Like something, you could do something techie for like their honeymoon. Like mm-hmm. you could do something fun and, you know, yeah, ma- yeah. you know, some kind of. Selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> With their bride and groom. They can you say bride, groom. Oh, wait, I a do, duo I wanna, selfie stick. I do want to back up and about the kids' gift. My yeah. rule always, because we live in New York City, was I only ever gave gave gifts to, that got used up. So they didn't take up room in someone's apartment. Oh, yeah. That was my Oh, rule. interesting. Yeah. Like bathtub paint nice. or bathtub yep. crayons. You use them, you're done. Crafting kit, you use it. Right. Or it comes in a case. Mm-hmm. Right. Comes in a case and can be put away. <laughs> or it has a gift receipt. Yeah. Well, gift be, receipt was key. Gift receipt, they might want, like, I remember telling my sister-in-law one year, just, we live in an apartment, just nothing huge. And she got the biggest, giant <laughs> bank that made noise oh. of a train going, that was four feet tall, and I want to kill her. You just give, you. I give the noisy <laughs> things to, like, you know, the relatives I'm not particularly right. fond That's of. That's better than, like, I give the, the toys 12... that make the most noise. We but got, like, the 12-foot-tall teddy bear. I guess, right. Right? Yeah. right. I, you know, I just, the registry thing, again, you know, is it the kid or is it the parent? I do find it a little amazing, and I think it is a parent that's going to register for this. Just, I mean, I know, I have a stepdaughter, and I've had my, my husband or myself will call and say, hey, what are they, what video games are they into? What, I mean, you call and you say, what do they want? 
And that's okay because I'm asking. But if you present me with a list of yeah. here are the things my child would like, please pick from this. I would be so offended. I would. Yeah. Be I really so would. Yeah. I think it's so weird. All right. The, Icky. Well, Icky. that was a non-conflicting <laughs> <laughs> really. discussion. We all feel like gross. So if you have a registry, let us know, and then we will. <laughs> and, and Becca and Nancy and I are going to register for things we need for yes. our little studio here. I do always <laughs> say, like, if you renew your vows, can you do a new registry? Like I, like I'm done with my everyday dishes. Mm. My Calphalon's wearing out. Yeah, me too. So expensive. Yeah. yeah. See? There you go. My husband always says I married him for the KitchenAid mixer. So <laughs> I got it for the shower. He's like, are we still going to get married? I'm right. like, I'm done. All right. So now our third topic, our digital dilemma. Um, now that your child's being bullied because you made them register and everyone's going <laughs> to tease them. Um, so Kurt Schilling this week has a very grown daughter. This is not a little girl. She's in college and she's made the softball was it the Olympics U.S. No, no. Olympic softball team no, or was, I don't uh, think it was Olympics I think it was I don't just think so too it was D1. just it was right it was, it was like D1. a good softball team women's softball team we put up he was so proud of her and then got barraged with really tweets we couldn't even read on this show people are so no not awful. people men this was men this was very specifically like really gross disgusting and some of them so he stepped up and not only did he sort of fire back, but he found out who they were. And they were expelled from school universities if they were in universities. Um, one guy was fired who worked for the Yankees. Yeah. Um, and he really publicly came out. And he said he had a quote that was basically, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, I have been in many locker rooms and many dugouts in my years, and I have never right. heard women talked about this way like I've heard some bad stuff and this was because it was it was like rape comments and better underwear I mean it was like insane so on a lower scale let's hope that most of us don't have to deal with that although I think it is a big thing for women on the internet but I think that's a topic I mean that's a discussion topic of just why do people feel like it's okay to just say something like that would they say it in person or just because it's the anonymity of the internet I, there's, yeah. do they feel and that's I know it's Guess a total what? It topic so for another right. <laughs> right so A hello it's not anonymous but but B I think that's really a good topic for another conversation of why do people just feel like they don't need a filter and that it's okay to just tell you what they think? Well, it's also become a culture, a very misogynist culture. There's also this other discussion of how, of how what happens to women on the internet yeah. when they are put out there. But that is so, that's something to think if you have Ugh. daughters, but, um, or, or sons for that matter. But on a lesser scale, I heard about a mom, last night I was out with some friends, who has her son being bullied by a girl. They're in seventh grade. And... I think the son sort of enjoys it because he's getting the attention from this girl. But a lot of bullying is happening via FaceTime. So she's FaceTiming him. He's obviously answering, whatever. And the mom picked up the phone and started FaceTiming with the girl. Basically, like, leave my son alone. What is your problem? I don't know what she called her. Maybe she called her some things. But um, basically inserted herself right in there. Would you and do that? No. No. She, you, you, you are more, much more proactive in getting involved with your girls in those situations than I would be. I have never confronted a child. child. No, mm-hmm. no. Not since they were like four at the playground. Then I feel like, you know, right. whatever. Right. <laughs> so right. so do you do you but continue, like, do you go to the child's parent and no. say, this is happening? I went to the principal. I went to the principal when my daughter had a boy who was um, really digging at her last year and cyberbullying too it was a combination right didn't no. there's some Insta- an instagram component no 
Is that something else? No, that was a whole other thing. Oh, that okay. was like a those were kids putting other kids through the fat app and then sending oh, those God. pictures out. That was like a whole other. I'm so glad I'm not. A but teenager. this was like this was like a very <laughs> um, in person relentless jerk of a kid. Um, but I went to the principal who, oh boy, they took care of that. Um, <laughs> that, that was no joke. But he had parents who, and I guess this was his history throughout from kids who knew middle school, um, and this kid is notorious, and the parents don't want to hear it and don't want to have anything to do with it, and they've mm. been told a thousand times and obviously don't care. This girl in question at this school also is quite notorious, not necessarily for bullying, but just sort of for being a smart-alecky, sassy kind of kid for a long time. And the boy in question is definitely... He's small. He's very shy, you know. So I think there's an attention thing that he's sort of playing in. But regardless of all that, would you as a parent, I mean, I don't know how this is going to end up for him. I feel like that can't make it better. No. I think you can go if you have. My general philosophy, not when they're little, obviously, but once they're in middle school, that's the time you've got to start learning how to figure yeah, it out. you got to let them they have Deal to figure it out and you talk to them and try to give them the tools and try this and try that and then I do think you can go to a, the administration and ask, administration of the school and ask for their help but parent to parent I think it's mostly a mistake and certainly a parent talking to a kid but because you become the bully then right. it's very fine line to then are right. you bullying that kid I, I, or are you standing up for your kid I don't think it's kid. a fine line at all I think if you yeah. as an adult are berating someone else's child for their behavior towards your child, you're being a bully. Yeah, you fight, don't discipline someone else's child, period. You just The slap, <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I saw a commercial for that. Um, you don't discipline someone else's child. I mean, you know, when they're three, four years old or they're doing something unsafe, then you say, we don't cross the street or you don't do, you don't push don't someone in sand. traffic, you know. Right. <laughs> don't hold his head under the water, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's not safe. But I think that at an older age, and I know there were times when I would say, um, you know, even like if it was a teacher who I thought was just being really not very, you know, understanding or flexible, I would say to my son, do you want me to go to, and he would immediately hold up his hands and say, no, it's my issue. If it's bothering me, I'll deal with it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. You know, there's a theory that um, because kids don't play street games anymore, because they don't have recess games, even recess now is monitored, because kids are only in these organized sports all the time and not playing stickball, that they have lost an ability to mediate, that a lot of that stuff happened when kids were doing free play together without adults, mm-hmm. without a ref and without a coach and without right. parent volunteers, that like when you have pickup basketball games, when you right. have... The one person would come and say and figure it out or find a we solution. We always did. Like yep. one of the older kids would figure, we used to play yep. stickball out on the street or whatever. I mean, like there were no adults, <laughs> sort right. of like an adult on a stoop watching, but kids had to figure it out, even yeah. if you're playing Red Rover, you know, whatever it is. And kids have lost those basic skills. I know even at our elementary school, I mean, I can't tell you how many parents wanted parent volunteers at recess 
because and it was always somebody who felt their kid was being picked up, but they felt like there should be constant, like mega supervision against every kid. And kids didn't even know how to organize a game by themselves. They couldn't even like organize and referee a kickball game during recess on their own. They always needed like a third party to come in and say that was out, that was in. So now you've lost this ability to sort of mediate Future amongst congressmen. yourselves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Future tea partiers. Future congressmen. It's either left or it's right, and there's no compromise. Right, and someone else has to tell and you. And that's awful. And that really is awful. I mean, I think kids need to learn. They need to learn to say, yes, it was in, no, it was out, whatever. Right. Figure it out. In the case of Kurt Schilling's daughter, I mean, it was so extreme. Yeah, that's and different. And he's a public figure yeah. and a celebrity. And, and so And he had a place to do it. So that's a little different than a regular parent a, but to, to, as a parent to confront a child I mean my feeling always I remember in third grade good thing my son ignores me so he'll never hear this but <laughs> in third grade he was he was bullying another kid and I was devastated because in my mind a kid who bullies other kids um, is a kid who's d- like deeply deeply unhappy in some way and I thought, what have I missed? Why is he so unhappy? Just for the record, it's the only time in his life he has bullied anyone, <laughs> and they're now good friends. But um, it's it, to confront a child who's a bully, if you're 12 and you're being really mean to someone, something's going on in your life, and it's really not the place of someone else. And also, the, parent, the parent may not be prepared for someone else to come and say, hey, you know take a look at your kid he's bullying my son you know like you would get immediately defensive Uh, yeah and also chances are like they kind of know like i mean i know in the case of this girl oh the mom knows like this girl's it's not the first time she's like for me when the mom called the mom did call me and i had no idea and she said this has got to stop and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about and she told me and i and i went and i spoke to my son and i said are you doing this this and this he said yeah i said are you so then you're being a bully yeah (laughs) <laughs> like and proud okay, of it. Got to stop. He said, "I'm going to try." And I said, "No, no, no right. trying. <laughs> it's over now." Well, let me ask you this: so, if you were a public figure and you had the capacity to do this, and felt like speaking up and saying something would facilitate change, I mean, did that help at all? Do you think? I, I think, think it did. It, did. Yeah, I think it draws attention and these to were not it. Children, right? Yeah, grown that's why men. these were grown men, and that's what I actually think was really important. And I think it's great that he was a sports figure, yeah, because there is so much. Um, boys will be boys, guys will be guys. Oh, it's, yeah, they're gross, they're disgusting, and especially about you know we saw it with Gamergate, like especially against women on the internet. I think for him to come out, and it's you know you don't again until it's your own child or your own whatever, it's hard to relate, but. I think it drew attention to so many places, to sports radio, mm-hmm. to talk show. Like, these are people who would never talk about stuff like this. And all of a sudden, they're like, whoa. Right. You know, Look at this. Look shine a light on it. Scary, the fact yeah. that this is acceptable yeah. is crazy. I think it's great. I will, I wouldn't do it myself, but I think if you have that platform and you can raise awareness. But you might do it if it was men in their 20s and 30s. Yes. Right. Yes. Then yes. it's different. Who, it's different. I mean, look at that fraternity, um, you know, just got shut down. Uh, God. You know, for making a racist video, and I don't yeah, remember the name of the school, but, but I mean, <laughs> right now, you know, at that age, over twenty-one, you are responsible for your actions. Hundred percent, you really are. Right? Yeah, over eighteen, get with it. All right, parenting bite. What's your bite of the week? Who wants to go first? Oh, I'll go first. Nancy, go first. Um, so we're talking about people being mean. So there's a series on uh, WNYC, which is our local NPR affiliate here in New York. Um, called Being 12, and it's about, it's a whole bunch of stories across from Marketplace uh, to just the regular local uh, WMYC news, all about 
what it is to be 12 years old. Uh, on you can listen to it so, you know, on WNPR. It's WMYC on the on internet radio. Um, the write-ups are not so great, so just a warning <laughs> if you go and you read them. But the uh, videos and the recordings from the radio show are really, really interesting, and they have the voices of a bunch of 12-year-old kids from across every economic and racial spectrum here in New York. They talked to uh, Carly Fiorina about why seventh grade is so important. They talked to celebrity kids. They talked to all kinds of kids and parents and marketers. They should have come and talked to Rebecca. To and you I. guys, <laughs> yeah. Years, but they did not. But um, it is a it's a really interesting slice of life. I mean, I think, you know, seventh grade is pretty universally a miserable year for everyone. <laughs> Unless you're the bully, and even then, you're probably unhappy. Unless you're the bully, so it's just sort of a really interesting look at this time when so many things are changing. My I, daughters I always recommend. say, "Why is 12? Because I always say, "Like, oh, it's like he's twelve. Ugh, it's like, they're like, "Why is twelve <laughs> the age everyone picks?" Oh my it's true. god, I know it's true. It's like it's, I just remember, and when I and then I'll pass the Andrew. We had a meeting, and the girls in seventh grade were being mean, and why is this happening? Why is this happening? And everyone was so upset, and I stood up, and I said, a room full of parents, and I said. Raise your hand if seventh grade was fabulous for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not a great time. It's just an awful age. Yeah. 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 Uh, So I'm going gadget-wise. I always do a gadget. Um, And last week I traveled to Barcelona for a conference, and it was interesting. So I've moved up to my iPhone 6, finally did that. And so now it's time to find a battery case because that was kind of what was holding me back from moving from my 5S to the 6 was I needed a case that had the extra battery that I could take with me all day and not run out because one day someone will invent a battery that lasts forever, but it's not here yet. So luckily two weeks ago, a whole slew of new companies, um, Otterbox, Incipio, Boostcase, I know I'm forgetting some, uh, came out with battery cases that were not just black and bulky and ugly and heavy, but actually um, were a little more nice looking. So I, I chose to go with one called Boostcase, um, Actually, I have it. You oh, can't it's see not it. Bulky at all. We'll take a picture. We'll take a picture. But so this is part really of it. So what it is is it's a case that goes on your phone and protects your phone. Uh, this is almost purple, as you can see. It's like a dusty rose. And then if you find you need the battery, the battery slips on the bottom and connects. So you don't need to carry the big heavy oh, bulky. So it's not battery. like the Mophie that has the battery it's all the like time. It's not like the Mophie that you so have that's why I can't to have do that. it. Exactly. And unlike the Mophie too, because the Mophie's two pieces, I'm always worried about taking the bottom off, setting mm-hmm. it down and losing it. Also you can't put your headphones on without a um, a conduit, without a, an adapter because it doesn't reach. Nancy's taking a picture. But this one in particular on the bottom, if I just want to charge up the phone, if I have 10 minutes, the bottom's open. So it's made by Boost Case. I saw them at CES coming out in great colors. And they're also, during the year, going to be coming out with really beautiful mother of pearl and different kinds oh, of... Oh, maybe in time for Mother's materials. Day. Materials. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's my kind of gadget of the week. Nice. Um, my bite of the week is Cinderella. So the new Disney live-action Cinderella movie is coming out, and my daughters are 12. Um, and I was—I didn't know whether they'd want to see it because they're because they're 12. Um, so they both wanted to see it, and they were actually really excited to see Frozen Fever, which is the Frozen mm. short that shows before Cinderella. Um, so they went to see it, and they loved it. It is definitely a movie for, I would say, all ages. Um, it is beautiful. It actually has a very, 
cool story. It has Kate Blanchett. Like it's like a real. Wow. It's a it's real a movie. movie. Um, it is a real movie. Movie. Kenneth Branagh directed it. So. That is my recommendation that don't go think your it. kid is too young. How about me? Take them. Can yeah, I see you it? You could totally go see I'm it. I'm so excited. <laughs> it is for, truly for all ages. It actually, little kids might actually not enjoy it so much. Like, it's a little more mature and like, like kind of like Maleficent, like a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is my recommendation. I think it opens this Friday. I'm going to have to go see it. Go see Cinderella. And then no singing, just so you know. There's no bibbidi-boppidi-boo. <laughs> You'll have to, we'll have to rent the, the classic movie for that. So check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash parentingbites. Um, we will have all the information about everything we talked about. We'll have all the links. We'll have the picture of Andrew's phone case. <laughs> um, and maybe Amy will send us pictures from Washington, D.C. to put up. You can also check us out on iTunes under Parenting Bites. It's with a Y. Please, and please subscribe, subscribe and rate us and leave a review if you're leaving a good review. Otherwise, don't <laughs> don't leave a review. Uh, but that helps us get found in the iTunes store and pushes us higher. And we also would like to hear your digital dilemmas. We yes. would love to talk about them. Digital dilemmas, stories. Um, if you've written something interesting or something interesting to say, let us know. Maybe you could come on and be a guest on the show. You can also check us out on play.it on the CBS network so you can download us. That gives you all whatever. Android, if you're not on iTunes, do it that way. So we'll see you next week. No, we won't see you. See? I'll see you too. But. I'll see you. And, <laughs> and now that you can the listen snow to is week. letting up here on the East Coast, I may actually be here again in person. That's right. It's just all puddles. Bye.